Good afternoon and welcome to Town Square. I'm Beth Ann Koslovich. Our conversations always include you. If you'd like to be part of this one, you can join us by calling 941-3689 or 877-941-3689. Now, it's not often that a letter from a teacher in the small town of Godley, Texas, makes national news and goes viral on social media. It happened this week. The elementary school parents in the North Texas town of just under 1,100 people heard from their second grade teacher, Brandy Young. Here's the letter. Dear parents, after much research this summer, I'm trying something new. Homework will only consist of work that your student did not finish during the school day. There will be no formally assigned homework this year. Research has been unable to prove that homework improves student performance. Rather, I ask you to spend your evenings doing things that are proven to correlate with student success. Eat dinner as a family, read together, play outside, and get your child to bed early. Now, she's right. Research hasn't been able to categorically prove homework's connection to student performance, and it hasn't disproved it either, which is why for decades the homework wars have had no resolution. But they do have plenty of researchers, including Duke University's Harris Cooper. He is a distinguished professor in the Department of Psychology and Neuroscience and author of The Battle Over Homework, Common Ground for Administrators, Teachers, and Parents, now in its third edition. I spoke with Dr. Cooper earlier today. He's traveling and couldn't join us for the program. After we hear our conversation, our panel in the studio will take up the discussion, and you can call in, too. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the time-sucking ugly of homework. Homework is on the absolute must scale because it has a unique characteristic to it, and that's that it bridges the school and the home. So it gives the student the opportunity to work academically in more than one place and learn that learning can occur anywhere. And that's going to be very important as they grow older, even after they graduate from formal schooling and they want to enhance their skills in their job or their profession. It also is a very important link between what's going on in school and parents so that parents can figure out what their child is doing in school and see for themselves what their strengths and weaknesses are. One of my most memorable experiences speaking with parents dealt with a couple of parents who sent their kid to school and in kindergarten the teacher said your child may have a learning disability. It was hard for them to believe that. It didn't happen um, until they saw the work that their child was doing when the homework began to come home. And they really felt that they learned so much about their child um, from watching them do schoolwork. So homework has a place. The question is how much of it should be happening. We have kids here who are at some well-known private schools where they're doing homework three, four, sometimes even five hours a night. Is that too much? That's too much. Um, the teachers have a rule uh, that they call the 10-minute rule, and it means take the child's grade, multiply it by 10, and that's the number of minutes that they should be doing at home at night. Obviously, it's an anchor, and there'll be some nights when there may be no homework, other nights when there may be twice as much as that. But for a second grader, that would re- mean 20 minutes of homework a night. 
If a second grader is constantly coming home with two hours of homework a night, that's too much. That also seems to say that teachers have to be well-coordinated in a child's grade level so that you don't have, you know, teacher A giving the 20 minutes and there's no room for anybody else to give it, or they all think they can add 20 minutes. Yes, when students go into departmentalized learning classes so that they have three or four classes with potential homework a night, it's really important for the teachers and the school administrators to sit down and figure out how are we going to do this. Perhaps they should have English homework on Mondays and Wednesdays and math homework on Tuesdays and Thursdays and science and so on. Uh, so, so when kids begin taking different subject matters from different teachers, it's really important for the schools uh, to make sure that not only are they communicating with the parents, but they're communicating amongst themselves. And how much is that really happening? It varies. Um, you can find some schools where um, the teaching community is, is quite uh, tightly knit. They understand the issues and they work it out. There are others, perhaps larger ones, where um, it's more difficult for them to do that. I have to say also I've actually run into uh, circumstances where, especially when you get to high school, uh, the notion of students being able to plan, if they have long-term assignments, the notion that when they get out of school, their boss is going to walk in one day and say, here's something I need yesterday, so that the importance of planning and being ready to take on assignments becomes part of their life and their understanding. Obviously, what we don't want is 11th and 12th graders, seniors in high school, to be bringing home three and four and five hours of homework every night. They need time to do other things and develop other aspects of their personality and character. So as we're looking at this second grade teacher who has been in the news this week because she sent a letter home to parents saying, look, I'm not giving homework except for something that hasn't maybe you know gotten done in class. That will be a child's homework. But other than that, please take family time. Please have a good evening and get your child to bed early. That's appropriate, perhaps, for a second grader. But as you look at the whole issue of homework versus no homework, this isn't something that should be used as a litmus test. Throughout the grades, no. And even for second graders, the notion of bringing home a little bit of homework a night, again, something around 20 minutes, is in the child's best interest. It should not only help them reinforce the things that they learn in school, but it should help them recognize that the things they're learning in school have applications to things they enjoy doing at home. So mathematics applied to their sports teams, high-interest reading, interviewing of parents. The second-grade teacher said, you know, use this time to spend together. Well, I certainly hope that's the case. In many families, that might not be what happens. It's just an extra 20 minutes to stand or sit in front of a computer screen. A good homework assignment that involves the child and the parent in an interesting activity is the best kind of homework. A homework assignment that shows a kid 
that, that, that they enjoy reading, that gives kids choices about what to read so that they get to pick topics that are of interest to them is the best kind of homework. Going to the mm-hmm. supermarket with your mom or dad and applying the mathematics that you've learned to family budgeting and your own budgeting is the best kind of homework. Teaches the kid what I'm learning in school has applications to things I enjoy doing at home and makes those activities more enjoyable. Dr. Cooper, the U.S. education system as a whole has been really scrutinized for for so many years because we've watched it fall out of the top five, out of the top ten. Last year, Pearson's Global Index had it at 14 And we've also watched the reordering of the education systems of different countries, but they've been sort of, in many ways, the same countries. You know, Finland, which in in 2012 was number one, South Korea, too. This year, South Korea is one, you know, Finland has dropped down to five, but all of the uh, countries in between are are pretty set on homework, as as is South Korea. So is this sort of making the point that, you got to have homework and maybe even a lot more than what we've just talked about? You have to be very careful about making cross-cultural comparisons because in each country, the context in which homework occurs is different. Kids go to school for different hours of the day and a different number of days a year. The two countries that you're mentioning also are very homogeneous in terms of their cultural background and in terms of their economics. So generalizing from one country to another has to be done with a great deal of caution. What we should do when we do cross-cultural comparisons is look for fresh ideas and look for how those ideas might translate into our country and culture. So what would be one that might help for this whole homework discussion that seems to be so protracted and which I know you've had for years and years and years? Well, I'm coming to this late. People have been arguing over homework for almost 100 years. We can go back to my grandparents, the earliest part of the 20th century, where homework was thought of as exercise. The mind was a muscle. And a good way to exercise it was to do homework. That in the 1930s, people began to question that. Um, in the 1950s, people began to question not doing homework when we were uh, engaged in the Cold War. In the 60s, again, we had the issue of too much homework creating too much stress. In the 70s, homework makes a comeback because of our concern about economic competitiveness with the rest of the world as the global economy began to be more integrated. And then now we're again fighting the homework wars uh, because of a concern that there's too much of an emphasis on it. So homework will be a contentious matter as long as there are differences in families and as long as there are differences in kids' abilities and their parents' expectations and what they prioritize. I don't think the homework wars are ever going to go away, but I also don't believe homework is ever going away, and I don't think it would be good for our kids if it did. Dr. Cooper, thank you so much for the time that you gave us today. My pleasure. Aloha. That was Duke University's Harris Cooper, Distinguished Professor in the Department of Psychology and Neuroscience, 
He is also the author of The Battle Over Homework, Common Ground for Administrators, Teachers, and Parents, and we spoke this morning. Now, tonight we're going to take on whether homework is or isn't in your child's best school life balance interest. You can join us at 941-3689 or 877-941-3689. Here's our panel. Deanna Dolier is the Director of Programs and Communication for the Hawaii Association of Independent Schools. She's the former technology coordinator at the Potomac School in Virginia. She started her teaching career at Mid-Pacific Institute as a sixth-grade science teacher. Aiea High School teacher Cynthia Tong teaches grade 9 and has taught history, civics, speech, and debate in Hawaii private and public schools for over 20 years. She's a nationally board-certified teacher in secondary social studies. She has been a mentor teacher throughout her career and is the recipient of several awards. To give us the slice of the flip side, a view from the home front, parent Catherine Fast is here. She has a 12-year-old daughter who has been attending St. Andrew's Priory since kindergarten. And joining us by phone, Kimberly Corbin. She is a doctoral student in the Department of Curriculum Instruction and an instruction instructor and field supervisor in the Institute of Teacher Education at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. And again, you can join us, too. Our number is 941-3689 or 877-941-3689. Thank you all for being here. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you all heard what, what Dr. Cooper had to say, which is, one, homework's not going away probably ever, and as long as kids are different and families are different, we're going to have homework, we're going to have homework discussions, which is to say we're probably going to have this forever. But how that is characterized with your situations and what you see in Hawaii and how you have come to view homework from all of your you know, personal experience and professional experience, as well as what we're going to hear from parents, I'm sure, and other teachers calling us in tonight, that's what we're talking about on Town Square. Again, our number is 941 941- 3689 or 877 941 3689. I'd like to go right through all of you and just get your take on what Dr. Cooper had to say. Cynthia, why don't you kick us off as a teacher? Well, his ideas about homework really do resound with me. I have to say that 21 years ago, when I was a teacher and I just got started, I didn't want to give homework uh, until a year and a half after I started, the PTSA president came forward and asked the teachers to please give the students homework. And it made a lot of sense from uh, the teacher's point of view. Uh, And I had begun to start teaching accelerated and honors classes, and those students could not keep up with the pace of other schools if we didn't assign homework. So I believe that he's absolutely right. We can't make cross-cultural comparisons Uh, with regard to that. And I'm a world history teacher, so I'm pretty familiar with educational systems in other places. And I also think that it does make a difference whether you are teaching second grade or your child is in 12th grade. There is a huge difference in the amount of time. All right, Deanna, why don't you go next? What really resonated with me was um, Dr. Cooper brought up the point that homework that does get assigned needs to be relevant and meaningful. Um, and I think that is really the heart at the, at the heart of this question is, is what's being assigned to our students um, valuable when they're spending that time at home working on um, school projects or is it just homework that is busy time? And so I think that's, that's a good component of what needs to be reflected upon is uh, 
what type of homework is being assigned. I also think that Dr. Koopa made an excellent point that homework can serve the purpose of linking home and school. Um, it is one of the ways that parents can stay connected with what their children do in school and can be meaningful. I think that what needs to be considered here, though, is that often um, parents need guidance on how to engage with their students in homework. All right, Kim Corbin joining us by phone. What did you make of what Dr. Hi. Cooper had to say? Hi. Um, well, I, I think that as educators, our first responsibility is to consider the needs of our students and the feasibility of each of them being able to do that homework. Um, the reality is that all students don't even have homes. Um, computers, a lot of the homework that is assigned now is via computer program, and that's uh, going on the assumption that all students have access to a computer and the Internet, which is not realistic. And so that's my first concern is uh, are these kids going to be able to do this? Are we setting them up for failure from the get-go? And then, of course, absolutely on the tail end of what they said, relevant and meaningful, and they can see use for it in their world that they live in and their community. So I think all of those things have to be taken into consideration when you're assigning homework and not just assigning every week this is happening just because that's what we've been doing. <clears throat> All right, we're going to get the flip side of all this, from at least from a, a parent's perspective. And we should actually we should say that both uh, Deanna and also, uh, as we've been talking about people being parents, that Cynthia is also a parent. So don't mean to bifurcate you in, in the way that you're looking at the world, but to say that as educators, perhaps in, in this way and what you're seeing in your classrooms as well as parents. But please go ahead, Catherine. I think that what Dr. Cooper said really resonated with me as well, and particularly um, my experiences with my daughter, who's 12 now. Um, when she was younger in lower school, a lot of the assignments and the homework had to do with um, things that the family would do together and you know, being a parent, being involved in your child's homework. And now that she's older, uh, the focus is more on helping her manage her time and uh, stepping back as a parent a little and letting her um, learn how to manage things for herself. Okay, so mostly everybody thinks that homework is a pretty good idea as long as it has relevance, as long as it's meaningful, as long as it's being monitored, and uh, that it's you know, bridging home and school. Okay, if you have your child now back in school, and chances are it's settling down into a little bit of a routine. We've had a couple of weeks of school. How much homework is your child bringing home every night? Do you have a sense that your teachers, your child's teachers, are really coordinating this well? Or uh, is it just sort of hit and miss and you're looking at just a lot of time spent? Clearly very different whether we're talking about an elementary school student, middle or high school student. But we're very curious about what you are seeing with your child, 941 3689 or 877 going to Gloria from Haiku. Aloha, Gloria. Welcome to Town Square. Hi. Um, so my child is a first grader, and he has no homework this year, so they said. But really, he does have homework every night because we're supposed to read as a family. So although they say there's no homework, there's still many things do with your child at home. All right. Thanks very much for the for the call. Thank you. Anybody want to resp- respond to her? 
I'm so glad she's reading with her child. It really makes a difference, even if they're just reading the back of the cereal box or reading an ingredient label or recipes. Um, reading really makes a difference. And if the child comes to our middle school or our high school at grade level reading, that makes everything easier on the student, on the teacher, for the parent. When we have parents who don't enjoy reading um, or resist doing kinds of readings with their students, uh, it translates to the kids. They don't want to do that in school either. And if they're reading recipes, you get a little math thrown in there too. Absolutely. Always a good thing. Our number is 941-3689 or 877-941-3689. The school year has started. If you have children in your family, homework becomes a nightly grind for many of them and maybe for you too having to do all those reminders. But really, truly, how much homework is too much homework? How much is just enough? And have you been able to strike that balance with your child and your child's school? 941-3689 or 877-941-3689. Going now to Arias calling us from Kauai. Welcome to Town Square. Yeah, hi. Can you hear me okay? We can, yes. Okay. Um, I agreed with uh, Dr. Cooper he sounded quite reasonable in his approach if you consider it for an academic point of view. I grew up, I was born and raised in India, and by the time I was 10, I had gone to 18 different schools. Arias, are you there? Can you hear me okay? Now we can, yes. Go ahead. We lost you there for a second. Okay. Um, well, maybe I need to get a little different place. Um, by the time I was 10, I had gone to 18 different schools, and I had five languages that I was working with. Um, when I arrived in Switzerland, I got into a school that had no uh, homework at all. We only had three hours of academic in the morning, and all of the afternoon was taken up with sports, gardening, music-making, crafts, arts, you know, all those things that are tremendously valuable and that have been tremendously valuable for me during my entire life. Uh, I came over to the States as an exchange student when I was 18 years old and um, got into Beloit College, Wisconsin, graduated with honors in geology, science, um, and it, it basically proved to me uh, that... Uh, one does not need to, to have that kind of a rote um, academic pressure at an early age. Children are not biologically designed to, to uh, be in their heads all the time. We, we push our kids into their heads all the time. And by the way, talking about Duke University, they did a very interesting study in around 1970... Uh, where they discovered that the average child receives about between 100 and 150 corrections every day. What that means is half a million or so corrections by the time they're 15 years old, and that results in a, in a monstrously huge superego, which is the internalized parent. And All right, Aris, I'm, I'm going to stop you there for a second because we've got some callers coming up behind you, and I think you've you've made your, your point that learning comes in many ways and it can take many different forms. Clearly, some of the activities that he's talking about 
gardening, craft making, sports, the things that we say that we usually, you know, shove into after school time is in some cases pushed into the school day depending upon what school system you're talking about. But having had so much early on of, you know, maybe that, that made him very well primed for that and clearly, you know, that's not necessarily a universal experience. But glad to hear from someone who uh, says that, that maybe it's what kind of learning and when, not necessarily that it's a matter of homework or not. Our number is 941-3689 or 877-941-3689. Just got an email that says, Hi, Beth Ann, this topic has me concerned. This homework policy comes from a teacher in Texas, ranking 28 by state. That's better than Hawaii's 36, but not stellar. Shouldn't we not look to number one, Maryland, for advice instead? The U.S. ranks 27 of 34 OECD countries in math, for instance. Shanghai ranks top in math, and they have a massive amount of homework. So, you know, clearly looking that this is resonating with parents, and that sign from, from Stephen Fox. Thanks very much for a lot of uh, the work that everyone is doing to be able to participate as they can. If you want to send me an email, you can. It's B-A-K-O-Z-L-O-V-I-C-H-B-A-Kozlovich at hawaiipublicradio.org, and we'll be able to include that. Or if you'd like to join us by phone and talk to us, you can do that too, 941-3689 or 877-941-3689. Going to Mario from Honolulu. Aloha, Mario. Thank you for your patience. Hi, Vitan. Thank you so much for taking my call. A big fan of your shows. Um, Thank and you. And hello to you, Pano. I just want to make a point following what uh, the pre- previous caller was saying about the different smarts that we have, the kids might have uh, on different ages. Uh, sometimes the homework might not be relevant to what they're they're learning on that stage of um, their lives. Uh, let's say um, they're, they're just cookie. Oh, I think we've lost you. Mario, I think we've lost you. Um, uh, apologies. Don't know maybe if you moved or maybe it could be our, our phone system. I don't know. But, you know, the point about, you know, cookie cutter learning and, and relevance and, and how many times, if you're a parent, have you heard the comment, what am I going to do with this later? You know, what's that going to be important for me to know? I mean, that kind of thing that we hear so much when there isn't relevance to what you're learning and being able to bring it into the real world. For you, for, for you, Cynthia, as, as you talk about civics and you talk about history, I mean, clearly that has some real-world application. Mm-hmm. But in being able to position the way a child comes to think critically about a political situation or a particular issue, how do you move that into a homework that bridges that gap and also lets you know what they know? Well, it's interesting that this question about relevance comes up. Uh, My husband was a science teacher for um, 24 years, and uh, he would go home and talk to me about it, and we'd come up with a homework assignment. And students would say, well, what does this have to do with science? Why am I doing math in history class? How come I have to do this for a science class? And I don't think that many parents can see the relevance, and the students sometimes don't see the relevance of the homework until they get back to school with the information. Uh, I was famous for giving this assignment where I'd tell the students, you need to go home, find out where your grandparents were born, where, um, what religion they had, what they spoke, their great-grandparents, their parents. And the students would go, oh, I don't understand what this has to do with world history. 
they'd come back and we'd talk about the Indian caste system. And then it made sense. So when parents tell me, well, I don't see why this is relevant, and I have to sit down and explain, okay, your child is about to go off to college in two years. They really need to know how to cite in MLA. Uh, they're like, oh, okay. But, yes, knowing where to put the period and the comma and doing it correctly makes a difference. For the students, it doesn't come together until the very end. And sometimes it doesn't come together until the next year. So, yeah, we do give homework that doesn't seem relevant, but the parent and many times people who haven't been in the classroom for many years don't realize that we now have to break pieces down so far and then put the pieces back together in the classroom. And that's where the students really get to see how the pieces come together. And sometimes that may happen not only a year down the line or two years down the line, but maybe five or ten years down the line as everything gets reframed with additional life experience. Absolutely, especially since we've come across the Common Core State Standards. Um, Those have really turned education upside down because they're asking us to come across the nation with a certain set of skills. And that puts a lot of pressure on teachers. One of the things that I had to think about was that second grade teacher must not be one of those people who is... uh, evaluated by her her students' test scores. Her school is not evaluated by student test scores because if she had to keep up with the Common Core State Standards for second graders, I'm not sure she could finish that in just giving homework that can only be done because they didn't finish in class. It's a little scary. Kim, weigh in on that just a little bit. Kim, are you there? No, I think we've lost Kim. Okay, I can't hear her. Maybe she can hear me. Apparently, we're having a problem with our phone lines, but keep calling. Let's see if we can work our way through this. Going to go to Munira calling us from Honolulu. Aloha. Welcome, and thank you for your patience. Aloha. Um, Yeah, I have two children who are now in college and um, doing pretty well, but had their formative years with me and hours and hours of homework and we're also interested in music and the arts and service, and we had religious activities. And when you have hours of homework, and then you also have these other activities children want to do because maybe their schools aren't offering all of those things, you're very stretched for time. It's, it can get very stressed. Um, you are filling out college applications, and they want well-rounded kids that didn't just do schoolwork and homework and did a whole bunch of other things as well. And then family time also gets cut into, and so dinners together got, you know, sparse and few and far between. And so I think there are other learnings that take place outside of school that um, can accentuate what they're learning in school and can translate, you know, between the two. And um, I think that truly is my opinion and my experience with, ha- with having raised two kids through school and who are now now no longer with me, now gone off to college, um, that a lot of time was spent on homework that could have been spent applying their learning in different ways outside of school and outside of homework. Monira, thank you so much for calling us and, and sharing some of your experience. You know, this is the dance that so many parents, you know, get, get caught up in is how do I make sure my child has enough of the well-roundedness that makes him or her an attractive candidate for a college? And at the same time, give them, you know, downtime. This is also the time in life for a lot of kids, if you're talking middle and high school, where you've got a lot of growth happening. Mm-hmm. The need for sleep is greater than any probably any other time. And yet 
these are the kids who wind up the very next day, many times, very sleep-deprived. How do you handle that? You have a 12-year-old, Catherine. Uh, yeah, and I was just going to mention that sleep hadn't been mentioned yet, and I think that's a really important thing and um, a good a good comment. We had a parent night recently where um, where the faculty was trying to talk to parents about the importance of sleep for their children, and um, it was a struggle for a lot of parents because their children had to get their homework done and they had, you know, they needed to stay up. But, you know, here the faculty was also trying to encourage good sleep habits. And it's tough when you have parents who also are sleep deprived Mm -hmm. and they believe that it's something noble to be able to go through a day on four, five, six hours of sleep Mm -hmm. and not terribly, you know, well functioning during the daytime hours because we are a sleep deprived nation. So you kind of expect that that would be maybe a tough sell. It is, and it should probably be, you know, from early grades where we really encourage uh, parents to get their children into a habit of good sleep and and sleeping as much as they should. Okay, so we can talk a little bit about that, too. If you've managed to create some balance in your household with homework time, appropriate sleep time, and uh, and also after-school activities, we want to hear how you did it, 941-3689 or 877-941-3689. Going to Amela calling us from Eva Beach. Aloha, Amela. Thank you so much for calling. Aloha. Can you hear me fine? We, we can. Okay, great. Hi. Um, I am a mother of two children who are, well, young men who are both in um, Campbell High School. And throughout their years, I've had them in different kinds of schools like Waldorf School, Montessori School, and whatnot. And as far as homework went, I always kind of left it up to them because I was always concerned with our family time. I think that family time, especially here in Hawaii, our ohana time is really important. And the kids, they get home at 3 o'clock and they're starving. Well, my boys always were. And it wasn't starving for homework because they had always been doing homework, you know, or schoolwork during the day and um, what I always told them was you do your homework when you feel it's the right time if it's after your snack fine if it's not if it's in the morning fine and so one of my boys would do his you know later in the evening like while I was making dinner and my other boy believe it or not he still gets up at four or five in the morning and he is in the avid and um AP programs, and he still does really well, and he just gets up and does his homework when he feels like he can do it, because I always felt like uh, it was really important, especially as being a teacher, that if the students wanted, and my children, wanted to do their homework, if it was important to them, and their grades were important to them, they would find the Mm -hmm. time themselves, and I found that to be true with my two children, and one did really well, and one didn't do so well. So you you have both sides of the spectrum. Thank you for being brave and calling us with your experience. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Kim, I Aloha. want you to... Aloha. Kim, can you join us for a moment here? Yes. And um, you can, I just wanted to say that please. Maryland has... There's a, a, a bunch of schools in Maryland that have actually done away with homework completely. And a lot of the other schools in Maryland don't use the grades from homework. They don't grade it. Just to... Yeah, my, I'm sorry. My kids didn't have any homework in the Montessori and Waldorf schools. First time they had homework was middle school, and so just the fact that one of them is like 
an outstanding AP um, student in college prep classes and getting straight A's all on his own, you know, uh, I don't know what the word is. I can't think of it because I'm nervous on the radio. But, That's okay. You're talking um, about being self-motivated. Yeah, I understand. His own permission, you know. It's not because I forced him to sit down after school and he couldn't do anything until he did his homework. Like, homework was something that you do if, if your grades are important to you. And they were important. And so um, it didn't take away from family time. And okay. I was really happy with that. Thank you so much for the call. Kim, I wanted to ask you, though, about some of you know what we may or may not understand about a general policy regarding homework. I mean, you're a doctoral student. You're in the College of Ed. We've heard a lot about different school systems where there may or may not be homework as part of it, certainly in certain grades. What's the DOE position on homework? Oh, I can't. I don't work for the DOE, so I can't speak on their position <laughs> for for homework. No, but in terms I'm, of teaching, I mean, there where 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 you are. I mean, I, I have it here, but I'm just curious because there there doesn't seem to be uh, you know any sort of you know time frame put into it. It's more that it should be something that uh, you know you are, are practicing learning, something that reinforces your learning, or that you get to have newly acquired skills being used. And that, uh, you know, the schools are supposed to develop clear policies for assigning and coordinating the homework, work collaborative with their school community in developing clear homework policies, communicate the policies to all teachers, parents, and students. But that, although it may be a shared responsibility, there doesn't seem to be a sense of, you know, here's a clear policy of of a 10-minute rule or anything else that seems to be quantifiable so that parents have an expectation. So it's very much left up to the teachers, which might put us in the same position conceivably as as what we're seeing in, in the situation with with texas that, yeah that may or, very or well be i've taught in texas for 20 years before coming here and i have a child in school here my boys went to public school in texas and my daughter's in public school here i like i said i don't work for the doe um <clears throat> i don't know of any policy that they may have or don't have <laughs> as far as that's concerned i haven't seen an, anything in writing per se i i work with teachers student teachers here at UH. And I think the message that I always just try to reiterate is that you need to ask yourself, what's your reason for assigning homework? Is it because you just do that every week? Or is it um, in direct alignment to enhance whatever the lesson was that you taught that day? I personally, when I was teaching in public school, I never wrote homework into my lesson plan. It usually came as an afterthought during a, a conversation or questions the students had as we were doing an activity in class, and it would be, oh, well, why don't you see if you can find that out when you get home or something like that. Just it needed to be relevant, and it needs to be directly related to whatever they're doing in class, the learning that's going on, not just journaling to be journaling or doing um, 20 math problems or 50 math problems just because that's what they've done forever. Um, that goes back to the point about being relevant, but also mm-hmm. allowing from, for some discovery as you're having class time that there may be something that becomes really apparent right. uh, as, a, as a great lesson to take home mm-hmm. and to do at home. And whereas we know that you don't work for the DOE, just the fact that we're talking about, you know, UH Manoa and, and the fact that we talk a lot about what happens in our own school system, Cynthia, mm-hmm. as you look at the, the DOE policy and what we talked about a moment ago, without any sense of this is a framework for homework and really leaving it up. On one hand, that's a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, does that sort of put us in the same position where 
it's so much at the discretion of teachers that you're going to have a wide difference between what a certain kid in a certain school and age and grade may be learning. Absolutely. And really, it speaks to the diversity of our population and the type of courses that are available to the students. Uh, I've taught in five different high schools in the state. In addition, I've taught to four different private schools. So I can tell you that it really does change from place to place. When we talk about... uh, assigning homework. I assigned homework to my Damien students, and I was just coaching them speech and debate. That's after school work, and that's their choice, whether they want to or not. On the other hand, um, as an advanced placement teacher, I can tell you that almost every advanced placement teacher that I know says for every hour you spend in that classroom, you need two hours of homework. So I do have a student sitting in my U.S. history class who is taking four AP classes, which means he has eight hours of homework to do every single night. That's a lot. I totally agree that's a lot. And he comes to school late sometimes. But this was his choice. Accelerated classes, honors classes are always the choice of the student and the parent. And we do, I cannot think of a single teacher who doesn't tell the parent and the student straight up, hey, there's a lot more homework. You have to be ready. I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) My mother wasn't too happy about me staying up very, very late either. But when you make that choice, and it's an internal choice, not because your parents say so or Mm -hmm. somebody's coercing you, that tends to be a different story than when you have a teacher who is simply giving homework and expecting that everybody is going to do it just pro forma. 941-3689 is our number, or 877-941-3689. Eight nine going to go to Kawe calling us from Hawaii. Kai, aloha, Kawe, and thank you for your patience. Aloha, thank you for uh, taking my call. Um, well, I have three young children. Uh, one is in seventh grade, and uh, and uh, my twins are in uh, fifth grade. Wow, twins! And, and, yeah, public school and great public school. You know, the teacher is there at seven o'clock, inviting the students to come in and catch up with homework, and then. To 4.30, three days a week, there is study hall in, in the classroom. So this is a wonderful uh, system. But we do, uh, my wife is a teacher, and I, of course, uh, I was a teacher. I'm retired now, but <clears throat> I have my doctorate in H. Manoa. And I know a little bit about how this working. And I can tell you, um, in my opinion, homework is just a small part of trying to build success for our students later on. So we have to look at the larger picture, and homework is that smaller part. And homework, actually, is homework. I mean, it's part of family life. I mean, it doesn't have to be not family life. Homework can be that, and we enjoy doing that as a family. My kids are bilingual, trilingual. They speak Mm. French and Spanish at grade level, and also English. So uh, we're, we're very, uh, oh, one thing, when they get stuck, we tell them, go to the piano and play something. And they play. Boy, homework and at your house sounds pretty pretty wonderful. Uh, yeah. Kawi, thank you so much for calling You're with welcome. that, because you, you, you bring up a lot of different points about how to regard homework, not necessarily saying, child, go to your room and do your homework, but, you know, for many kids who sit down at the kitchen table or who are there at a desk with a mom or dad in a home office or maybe just sitting on the sofa, but doing it 
collaboratively or at least knowing that you might be you know doing sort of parallel play mom's dad's doing one thing child may be studying and also I, I i really liked what he said about when someone gets stuck because very often we think that if you're stuck you've got to keep you know pursuing you've got to keep pushing through tenacity is so important and we yep. forget that sometimes the brain just needs to have a momentary rest and to do something that includs music boy gold star for you dad gold star for you thank you thank you my sister is a music educator and she has a private studio of her own and she's also the president of the music educators association here in hawaii and absolutely we support music in every way that we can i know a lot of history teachers who play music in the classroom to give students that brain break and even within the classroom, you know, we have brain breaks. We have to. Uh, it's not just for the students. It's for ourselves also. But I really like parents who come up with a different way to give their kids a way out of homework just for a little while and then bring them back to the table. That's amazing. And to be able to make it a family event as opposed to simply, you know, absolutely directed. Our number is 941-3689 if you call us from Oahu and from the neighbor islands. It's 877-941-3689. We're talking about homework. Maybe that's not the favorite subject around your house, or maybe you found a way like Kawi a moment ago who, who phoned us to say, hey, it can be a family activity, but we're really looking at how well does homework work, what is its function, and in your school, have you been able to negotiate the way of a lifestyle that has homework, perhaps, or maybe doesn't have homework. And what does that mean for you and your family and your child? Going to Drake calling us from Manoa. Aloha, Drake. Thank you for calling, and thank you for your patience. Hi, thank you. Um, I'm here with uh, on behalf of uh, Kim Corbin's class, actually. So um, we believe that, you know, it's you can't quantify homework based off of time or generalize it, um, but you'd rather be looking at this if the students are working towards, you know, the skill proficiency level, um, especially since we're moving to standard-based grading, um, there's always going to be times in the classroom that you can't fully assess students or, you know, finish assess students. So you want to make sure that they're continuing to learn to meet these learning tar- the current learning target in order to meet the overall standard of the lesson itself. In terms of the relevance, um, that is the teacher's responsibility to show students at the beginning of each unit or lesson or uh, you'll lose you'll lose the students before you even finish. You know what you're trying to teach them. Drake, I got a question for you. You know when you hear Hi. when you hear what Dr. Cooper said a little earlier, if you were listening to us, that you know, there was this you know ten minute rule, especially for kids in elementary school. Do you think that's a good rule? Um, I believe for the younger age students, it you may you can limit it to a. I guess you can limit it to a time to some extent, but more so instead of looking at how much time you're spending on it, you know, look at, you know, how how relevant is it and, you know, what is the purpose of this assignment? Is it is it to meet a learning target? Is it to, you know, is it to meet a standard? Because if it's not doing any of that, then there's really no point of the homework at all. And But, you know, with little kids, uh, that seems to be a little bit, Different, though, from, you know, when you're looking at middle school and and high school because meeting targets and all that seems 
less concerned with you know the students. So Kim, jump back in here for a second. <laughs> that's that's one of my students. I'm not in the same room with them, but um, but it is actually it does apply to elementary school. They they're pretty rigorous in their testing and all of that too. And my daughter spent five days last year, complete days, testing over and over and over again. So and she was in the sixth grade. So it's happening in fourth, fifth, third. I mean, all of those younger age. So. So the teachers are under a great amount of pressure in order to meet these standards. And so um, there's a good balance, and, and, it, and it takes a lot to, to achieve that. But, but in order to make the, all of the homework relevant and give the students time, I mean, this is a big equation, what we're talking about, and making sure that all students have the resources and support that they need at home to do the work successfully. I mean, there's a bunch of factors here. And... And so I think saying overall this 10-minute rule is, should be applied, I mean, it's a great idea. And, of course, um, it, it gives us something to look at as far as not giving way too much. I mean, nobody should be at home doing four and five hours, but the reality of it is I think we've all done that, and, um, and even with our children in elementary school. So I think that over and over again, it, it can be bad, it can be good, it just depends on how it's being used, and it should absolutely tie into the content being taught that day and, and, and actually be tied into real life, who's using this mm -hmm. and what careers mm -hmm. use this, or having some connection to their, their world around them, their community. All right, Kim, thank you very much for jumping back in. Stay with us. We're going to take a few more callers unless... Yeah, and I was just going to jump in, and I think a, an important point to be made about the 10-minute rule is that 10-minute rule looks very different to different kids. Um, what might take one student 10 minutes to complete could very well take another student mm -hmm. 45 minutes mm -hmm. to complete, yeah. and that needs to be part of the conversation as well. I yeah. think with a lot of our schools, we are moving towards 21st century learning mm -hmm. modules, and that's helping because we get more individualized learning. Teachers are being more tuned in to... Um, their different students' needs. But I think, in again, central to this question is what does it, what does it look like for each of our students? Mm -hmm. And that's the point. And I think when we talked earlier with Dr. Cooper, his, his overarching perspective was, look, you can't have a, a one-size-fits-all for everybody because you don't have kids mm -hmm. which are that way. You don't have families that, which are that way. Absolutely. Kim, you mentioned a little earlier that, you know, if you have a child who doesn't have a home in which to mm -hmm. do the homework, that's going to look really mm -hmm. different too. So the idea of not painting with too broad a brush with this or saying here's the time constraint by which, you know, all homework should be measured is a point well taken. Mm -hmm. Thanks very much. Going to go to Jen. To really quickly. Go ahead. Our schools, our, just our public schools, don't have the same support and resources, so we cannot assume that all homes have the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we're educational places. <laughs> all right, so, good point. I want to get a couple more callers in here before we have to say goodbye. Jen calling us from Pearl City. Welcome hi, to Town Square. I'm hi there. I'm a teacher at a high school level, and I have been teaching for 13 years now, and I really was so happy to see that letter from the teacher in Texas who's like, spend more time with your family, become more well-rounded. I think a lot of times the schools really push the teachers to, you know, get their students to pass these tests. But if, I don't know. I think this is too much pressure for kids. These are kids, ultimately. All right, Jen, thank you very much for, for calling up. I mean, we're hearing the whole gamut. And that's what we're going to hear 
probably, you know, forever. The question is, how do you strike a balance for your child? You know your child best. You know what's going on. Hopefully at school, you've involved if you can be. Even if there's not a, a home per se, that connection seems to be still the most important part of this equation. And I want to mention that, you know, I taught at Waipahu Intermediate School and huge number of kids on Title I funds, many of them homeless. Many of my seventh graders are taking care of younger siblings. They go home, they cook, they clean. Their parents don't home until one o'clock in the morning. Um, and yet when you tell them this is the homework, they're going to get it done somehow. They come in and I have them for the second year in the eighth grade. They've learned how to do it. They manage their time and they have tremendous grit because they can manage all of those things. I'm not saying that that's the way I want every kid to grow up, but certainly children cannot function as independents until they learn their own type of management, their own self-esteem, and many of that can come from, I can do this and do this and the other thing, and I'll manage. Despite the circumstances and learning how to cope with it, because all circumstances aren't equal, right. but how you choose to function or what you choose to get yourself out of that means that you don't have to stay a victim to it if you want to make right. the choice I, not I to. Right, and I absolutely agree with Deanna. One assignment, 10 minutes. Uh, another kid, 45 minutes. Another kid, two hours later. All right, we're going to go now to Dania calling us from Kailua. Aloha, and welcome to Town Square. Aloha. Hi. I, am, I teach at University Laboratory School, and I'm also a mother of two children. And I personally am a high school teacher. I, I rarely leave homework. We are mostly project-based. And we discover in the classroom and we learn together. And whatever homework they have is whatever they didn't finish in the classroom. Because I know that my students are traveling from all over the island. Some kids have to get up at 4 or 3 a.m. to make it to school in time by 7.45. So I know that whatever homework I give, I'm adding on to the extended day that they have. Do you feel as if there's any sort of you know, shortchanging going on because you can't give the homework given some of the constraints that you just <clears throat> articulated oh, that you feel? Oh, absolutely not. No. no. Um, we, we are very creative in the classroom, and, and I know that, that they're learning, and there's really no need for it. There's no need for me to add more to their day. And they come to the classroom ready, and, and they're, they're eager to learn. And that attitude can be worth a whole bunch of homework. Dania, thank you so much for calling. We appreciate it. Thank you. And I'd love to jump in and just say that what I think is um, a great point that was just made is that learning looks differently now. There's a lot of research supporting uh, the Mm -hmm. importance of depth in the work that students are doing versus Mm -hmm. breadth. So, um, you know, and in that argument, if you are still a teacher or a, a school focusing on breadth and just getting through loads of material each year, then you're forced into a position of having to sign homework. But many of our schools are switching gear. They're um, realizing the value of depth in student work. And Mm -hmm. that lends itself very well to completing work at school um, and keeping students intrinsically motivated, which Mm -hmm. I think is really important as well. Which goes back to the issue of time, because when you have, you know, stat classes that are 45, 50 minutes, and then boom, off you go to the next one, as opposed to saying this is a three-hour block. Right that we're going to be working in this way, and then we're moving off to mm-hmm. something else. There have been you know, several movements that have adopted that, but that seems to be what 
you know, when you talk about depth, where we're seeing some, at least some in the public school. Right. If we can get away do. from the testing problem mm-hmm. and the non-funding of public schools, <laughs> then absolutely. I mean, my students, that. <laughs> my students absolutely love History Day, and they will spend hours and days mm-hmm. and months on it on their own time, not assigned homework. They'll do it because they love it. Uh, my husband's science projects, kids stay weekends, breaks to do that because they love it. Learning can happen. But, yeah, sometimes it means you got to do a little homework to get started. But you kind of have to get into the love part first <laughs> if you want them to get to that part, too. Absolutely. Go ahead, I wanted to Catherine. mention, too, I've heard a few times that, about attitude. And, and um, I think what's been really helpful and successful in our house is uh, the kinds of homework that's been assigned has been fun, mm-hmm. um, like programs that my daughter loves to play or assignments that are active and things like going to the grocery store or, you know, going through your kitchen and, you know, finding out things about, you know, their the content of the different food and stuff like that. So the Or even baking and saying, yeah, okay, what are exactly, we going to do if we're going to have to yeah. triple this recipe? So the the all the kind of creative ways that the teachers have been able to to find to help kids, you know, enjoy learning more has been really helpful. Okay, so we're coming to almost the end of the hour. I want to go right back through all of you again. If there are some key takeaways that you want parents to think about, either, you know, because they're dealing with a parent or a situation with a child who has a ton of homework and, and the back hurts every day coming home with everything, even if you're talking about just bringing in a laptop or two, or those who say, no, no, I don't think homework is a good thing. I and mean, we've heard really polar positions tonight. And clearly from what we heard from the teacher in, in Texas, put it together a little bit for everybody. What do you want people to walk away and think about? And Kim, I'm going to start with you. Did we lose Kim? Okay. I apologize. We may be having a problem with that line, so we'll try to, to catch you up at the end there. Deanna? Um, I think one of the great takeaways for our listeners tonight would be to think about your a parent's role, because we have heard from several parents, and your the parent's role in all of this. Um, there's a very important relationship between parents, teachers, and students, and and parents can be the cornerstone. Catherine? Um, I think that balance is the most important thing in being able to um, balance, you know, health needs like sleep with getting things done. And Cynthia Tong? Talk to the teachers. They, they want to know that you have a concern. Stay in contact. Absolutely. Keep them tuned in to the love and the good stuff that comes out of school. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that happens in your class. All the time. <laughs> and thanks to all of you for joining us tonight. Deanna Delier for being here, Cynthia Tong, who you just heard, and Catherine Fasten, who joined us by phone, Kim Corbin, and you for Town Square tonight, considering the role of homework. I'm Beth Ann Koslovich. I'll see you tomorrow morning for the conversation. Meanwhile, have yourselves a good evening. Aloha.